0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020 Campari American, New York, New York. Never compromise. Drink responsibly. Anthony for free. Puts in.
2: It's to be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D. Wade.
0: tell me who can guard in this league I'll put a gun to my own head.
2: Welcome to the Monday October 29th edition of the RotoWire NBA podcast sponsored by DraftKings. Of course my name is Joe Bartle alongside me again once again is Alex Berutha. We were on last Monday and uh, mm-hmm. kind of getting our feet wet into the NBA season. Hey we are now close to Halloween. I mean we are a couple days away from Halloween. Right. That's to me, always the unofficial start of the NBA season when we've gotten to that point. When we cross the the holiday thresholds, whether it be Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, that's kind of how I can dictate my seasons or my periods of the NBA, NBA, so to speak.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, usually by Halloween, especially now with the the season moved up, uh, Halloween kind of marks the After Halloween, you can start actually putting stock in things. I think that happened like trends early on because the season is like more than 5% done. Most teams will have played seven, maybe eight games um, after Halloween. So I think then we can actually start having real discussions about um, some trends, and you know, not like Zach Levine averaging thirty-five a game, right? Um, uh, stuff like that. <laughs> well, I think on
2: today's uh, podcast, we'll kind of go over. Really, I think it, it'll be mainly a DFS discussion podcast, mm-hmm. but we'll touch on first in honor of the upcoming holidays here. What's the scariest thing, in your opinion, that has occurred in the NBA season thus far? And this can mean a lot of different things. I mean, scary in a good way, scary in a bad way, right? Uh, scary in just the bizarre. I think that's kind of one of the fun words about the English language is that the word scary can mean a lot of different things and at least in my case I think the scariest thing that's happened so far in the NBA season is the Cavs and in not a good way in a Michael Myers kind of scary way that they are the only winless team in the NBA thus far we've seen Tyron Lue get fired we know that Kevin Love is going to be out for an extended time and it's sounding more and more like it's not going to be a matter of weeks but a matter of months with his Oh, sore toe I mean that's kind of what the prognosis seemed to be for that that seems like a pretty lame way to be out in multiple weeks right
1: yeah I it really <laughs> like when they call it sore that makes it sound like he's just it kind of hurts like it may be something more than that you never know like toe injuries if it's like a big toe injury that can be hard when you're like you know moving but yeah they my feeling is that they are not in any rush to get him back well, and that he's six. not in any rush I, to at, play
2: at this point maybe maybe we can't say at this point but Somewhere down the line, I would imagine that you want to have Kevin Love on the court as trade fodder. like You want other teams to see what he's capable of doing, and maybe this gives more minutes to other guys that could be interesting trade candidates as we get closer to that period or to that next Christmas holiday, so to speak. But, the, I mean, this is scary bad. This is a very right. bad team right now. 0-6 is, of course, not a great record to have at this no. point in the season, but to be the only winless team in the NBA, and honestly, they haven't really looked that competitive in a lot of these games
1: either. No, they haven't. Um, you know, like Chucky Osmond started off really hot um, when Kevin Love was playing. And then I think everyone kind of assumed, you know, well, Kevin Love goes down, Chucky Osmond's going to be, you know, he's going to average 10 rebounds every night and he's going to do even more ball handling. And now he's kind of regressed. I think he'll bounce back a little bit. But um, yeah, it's, they really just don't, I like not to be blunt, they just don't have a good roster.
2: No. But did you think they'd be this bad? I didn't think they'd be this bad.
1: Uh, Yeah, I didn't. uh, I thought they would be competitive, at least against Eastern Conference teams, kind of in that in that range, that you know, eight range that essentially encompasses like four teams. Um, And some of the bottom teams in the West, I thought would, you know, I I thought they would definitely be competitive against them. But now I have my doubts um, because I'm not even sure who the bottom teams in the West are anymore because we see the Kings are i think over 500 or 500 um they're three and three um and so and we have you know oklahoma city and houston at the bottom of the standings which is that's kind of scary um that's not the one i picked but um worth mentioning but yeah i just you can't
2: throw additional scary things there you can only have one that's that's how this podcast works
1: yeah i broke the rules (laughs) um
2: (laughs) the hard no rules you just told me that earlier
1: (laughs) right (laughs) i um i really just don't know who steps up for the Cavs at this point like my guess would be chuggy osman like if i had to pick one person but um they have no one stylistically that you can put that is similar to kevin love
2: the owner certainly seems to think so with Requesting them to have more minutes, which I understand. Again, they're zero and six. Why not start playing some of your young guys at this point?
1: Oh, you you can give Colin Sexton thirty minutes. You can do that. I just don't think he's going to affect winning for you. He I, he just hasn't been very good. Like I I'm I pulling for Colin Sexton. I thought he was a dark horse rookie of the year candidate. Mm-hmm. He's not a great passer. He's not a great jump shooter. It's just. I'm not sure it's there right now in his rookie year. And that happens with point guards. Like, rookie point guards just generally aren't that good, especially guys who aren't one or, you know, first, second, third picks overall. Um, so I if I were them, yeah, I'd put Colin Sexton out there for 30 minutes. Would I expect to win games? No.
2: The over-under on Cleveland's wins this year was 30 and a half. I think it's pretty fair to say that if you have the under on this, you are feeling great.
1: You may as well spend that money now. Right, right? I mean,
2: the— I, there's is still a long way to go. We're only in the, like one one tenth of the season at this point, but right. let's be honest. This is not a thirty win team. This is not a team that could compete for the last spot or second to last spot in the Eastern Conference at this point. And I don't know how it will get better, even with Kevin Love coming back.
1: Yeah, I I really don't I really don't see a scenario in which they're in which they're going to get much better. I from a I guess we are we're mostly a daily fantasy podcast. The last two games that Kevin Love has been out. The, I guess, best performers, <clears throat> excuse me, have been Larry Nance, who's put up over 30 fantasy points in those two games. Jordan Clarkson did well, mm-hmm. put up 26, George Hill at a 27, Rodney Hood got a 33. So Rodney Hood may benefit somewhat, but he's also just kind of one of those. He likes the mid range jumper. Right. It's just going to be inconsistent. So I'm not sure any one specific player is, is really going to step up for them.
2: Well, what? Who's your most scary scenario or team or, or player? I don't know. What? Which way do you want to go with this question that I posed to honor the Halloween season coming up here?
1: There were a lot of ways to go. Like I checked the standings, I looked at right. stats. I just settled on Nemanja Bialica being the <laughs> second best DFS player on the Kings, um, and maybe the second best fantasy player right now on the Kings in general. I don't think that will stick, but because he had he's had some very incredible games. He had a he had a sixty five and a half. DraftKings point fantasy game um which is absolutely insane um when 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 he was on the wolves last year and right. jimmy butler went out he was like he barely even hit value those times where he was you he know was everyone the, was playing consistently
2: 5500 fan duel guy for what felt like eternity last exa- year when, when butler was out
1: yeah and you would never really feel safe about getting that value back like you thought maybe it would happen and then it just kind of never did right. And now, you know, he he racked up three or four assists. He gets some steals and blocks. Um, but the, it's super inconsistent, and that makes it really hard. And that's also scary. There's yes. scariness within the scariness. He's averaging insane. 35 DraftKings points. He had a 65.1, but that also means he has 16 right. and an 8. So you have no idea what you're getting on a nightly basis with Bielitsa. And... Um, tournament lineups only i would say this
2: is an inception level of scariness with Bielitza because there's, right. there's a lot of different ways you get you can go with it that there's the consistency or inconsistency factor with it the fact that he is the second best dfs score on the kings right now is kind of incredible in itself too right. so no i i agree with you that's a, a that actually fit the question even better than what i would anticipate <laughs> when i first asked i was like oh yeah halloween let's go ahead and take advantage of this while we can but i mean Bielitza at this point kind of
1: is the mold for scary when when it comes to the nba dfs and scary that they're playing him over Marvin Bagley. Yeah. So, and what's
2: going on with that? I, I don't. I've I've seen that, and, and now Bagley was. Well, I think he was trending upwards at least this week, and he had a pretty good pretty good outing against I, I forget who the last person, uh, opponent it was, but uh, I would imagine that changes as the season progresses, right? I mean, the, the Kings aren't competitive in the West; they're not going to be. That's we've kind of assumed that to be the case. But then, why is he even getting minutes to begin with the start?
1: I. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, they don't really have their pick this year unless it's number one, so they don't really have an incentive to tank because Boston's going to get True. it like as if they don't have enough picks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Bagley got some. You know, he got his best fantasy point performance was against Denver in a blowout. His other best one was against Indiana or excuse me, New Orleans in a blowout. So they're very comfortable playing uh, Bagley um, when the team is getting destroyed um, and. he's shown some upside like he's better blocking shots than i thought he would be um he's a great if you play him at center he's a phenomenal athlete um it's just they don't quite yet seem to be comfortable playing him 25 plus minutes a game when when it counts like when the game is actually on the line um so for dfs purposes if you think they're going to get stomped (laughs) throw bagley in there i mean he's usually cheap I mean, you can get Bagley sometimes on in in DraftKings for I mean sub six thousand, like fifty five hundred, and the chances of him hitting forty plus fantasy points if the game gets out of hand is it's it's two and five right now. It's right now it's a forty percent um, chance. I'm not sure that'll stick, but he has plenty of upside because he's a great shot blocker, good rebounder, stuff like that.
2: Is he the uh, JaVel McGee of bad teams where you can maybe rely on him? Consistently, but not consistently, so to speak, because you never know when the Kings are going to end up blowing somebody
1: out. Right. Like if you put JaVale McGee and Marvin Bagley in your tournament lineup up every day, right. what would happen? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could – I can't – There's a
2: case study to be made off that. I, I think, <laughs> think there is too. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. You're no. losing a lot of money. But there's there's at one point you'll hit off. And it's almost like the, the lottery in that sense where – you keep running that over and over and over right. again, and obviously the odds are a little bit different. But at some point or other, you have to imagine that you will eventually cash in something scenario like that, and that really is probably a good question for a lot of different lineups. That are there any other players that you can think of, maybe not not McGee aside, but where if you eventually play and they're going to hit off and you're going to get a big payday out of them, or at least a payday, I should say.
1: The amount that I play Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> that was the first name that came to mind <laughs> in DraftKings is. Uh, it's it's almost nightly. I feel like he's consistently underpriced, and he he's so close every time. I mean, the the past two games, the past two games, he's only played a combined forty four minutes because the Bucks have it's been winning. They just blew out. Yeah, they blew out Minnesota. They blew out Orlando. But still, today he's sixty one hundred, which might be his lowest price of the year. And Giannis is out. I mean, I. I feels I feel like this is it. I mean, he has a 48 fantasy point performance. He has a 38. He has a 39. He's just a guy who, he has assist upside, he has steal and block upside, and those are the most valuable fantasy points. You get the most points for those when they happen. Um, so, if everything falls together for Bledsoe, and he, you know, especially on a night like tonight, and he gets, you know, 20 points, 8 assists, 3 steals, he's a solid rebounder, he's averaging 5 a game, um, you could be looking at 50 fantasy points. I don't think that's even remotely out of the question.
2: And tonight specifically, I think you didn't even bring up the most important point. You talked about Giannis being out of course and we'll get to this more obviously when we get to our DFS lineups towards the end of the podcast, but Kyle Lowry is such a huge factor of that Raptors team that right. you know he's going to be handling the ball and I would imagine Bledsoe's covering him. Right. Just the amount of times that Lowry is touching it, the opportunities to get said steals, blocks, rebounds are going to be magnified and I think are going to be higher chance too. Just Based off of how much usage rate Lowry gets on a daily basis,
1: right? Yeah, that's that's true. And um, not that I mean, I think, uh, kind of ironically, I think Lowry's a good play too. Um, Ooh, spoiler. spoiler, yeah, spoiler. Are
2: you already tossing out a spoiler.
1: I, I am tossing out a spoiler. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll get there though. I mean, Kawhi's out, so you know, we we kind of. I don't think it's like a big surprise, but. Right we'll talk more about that. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think it's probably a good time to get into the injuries uh and yeah. of which there are plenty for really 2 weeks into the season, it's surprising how significant injuries and uh players being held out that really have to discuss. But let's first get a line uh at least a shout out from playline.com, the fastest growing sports gaming platform in the space. You have a chance to win a million dollars for free every day and over a billion dollars in prizes available this year. Playline was founded by UFC champion Michael Bisling and 2 times NBA All-Star Roy Hibbert. Playline.com is a fantasy sports simplified. Unlike more traditional daily fantasy sites, which required you to set a complicated and tedious lineup using a salary cap, Playline picks the players for you and only requires you to predict their stat lines. How many points maybe will, uh, well, I was going to say Giannis, but of course, Giannis is out. How many points is Eric Bledsoe going to score? How many rebounds could a guy like Chris Middleton, who another spoiler alert, uh, could he get? You know, how many assists potentially Kyle Lowry get? This is just on the Raptors Bucks line alone. I think it'll be very interesting (laughs) to watch, and Playline will be able to help that for you. You can lock it in and wait for your winnings. For a limited time, Playline.com will be offering a 200% initial deposit bonus, they'll triple your money. You really can't beat that. Use promo code MBA Millionaire to go ahead and get into that offer. So let's touch on some of the injuries. We've already been discussing a little bit through the first 10 minutes or so of this podcast. Giannis is going to be out. He's in concussion protocol. Earlier when we were kind of putting together the rundown for this podcast, he was questionable for a quote-unquote head injury, I think, Anybody with half a brain that had watched that Saturday contest knew, and at least read the comments afterwards, knew it was concussion related. And I think it's good that uh, Giannis is probably sitting out this one, even though it's six uh, six and over six and zero in this contest.
1: Yeah, I was surprised he played the rest of that game. I saw him go down the way he tried to get back up. Like yeah. I was watching my buddy and the first thing i said was oh man that's that's a concussion like that the way that he just moved and was clearly dazed and then he admitted later that he blacked out for a portion of the game and doesn't really remember the rest of the game impressive that he could still put up the stat line that he did um uh, while not remembering the game but he it very much has a concussion so he i mean he's definitely out today monday he may be out longer because that sounds relatively serious when
2: you told me when when i would have heard a professional athlete said hey i didn't remember what happened throughout a whole quarter of the contest i would have thought oh this is 1980s nfl football i got right. this this is going to be howie long or something a quote from howie long not 2018 milwaukee yeah. bucks mvp candidate Giannis." Mm-hmm. you know like that that's that's a scary thought to hear that it happens and of course you know the nba they're all professionals again that that stuff is going to happen but um for well i i was surprised to even hear him say those comments because i think he understands um the severity of what he says, right? I mean, like right. as a, a sports fan in today's day and age, to hear something like that, to hear him being knocked out literally and not be able to remember something going on, that's that's really concerning as a Bucks fan, as an NBA fan. Um, and I was surprised to see him say that. So then the mm-hmm. fact that he was even questionable for Monday's game after those comments was a surprise to me. So I'm, I'm happy to see as an NBA fan, Bucks fan, that he is going to be out. I think that's the right call. And I agree right. with you that he's probably going to be out for more than just this game.
1: Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me. And we saw, we've seen Kevin Love be out extended periods of time with concussions before. Same thing happened to Aaron Gordon last year. I think Aaron Gordon maybe missed like 10, 15 games total because he had two separate concussions, if I'm remembering correctly. So, yeah, Youngest could be out for a week. Um, it happens. I mean, you, you know, as sports fans, like we want to see best players play, right. but we also. You know, we have to care about their safety too, and concussions are very serious. I mean so very concussion. serious <laughs> like business. Yeah. There's
2: a negative thing like we have to care about. Oh
1: yeah, safety. you know, I guess if we have to. Um but yeah, it's you know, we he 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 deserves to be out all the time he needs, obviously.
2: And we've we've talked a lot about the DFS ankle so far, and we're gonna continue talking about it. But I actually am interested to hear your take when it comes to setting your lineups. Like again, we'll talk about the the twenty team auction league that we're both in right now right. at Roto Wire. There's probably a lot of people who are contemplating, do I need to take Giannis out this week? I mean, I don't know how many matchups he plays, but if we are both under the thought process that he is going to be out for today and probably for the next game too, is it a situation where if you're sitting your week, uh, weekly lineup, you kind of have the benefit Monday to take him out knowing this information? Would you take a guy like Giannis out of your lineup?
1: Uh, what you should do, I mean, most weeks anyway, is see how many games the player plays that week. Um so I'll double check. It is it's currently week 3. Yeah. Um and the Bucks play 3 games. If they played 4 games, I might lean towards maybe keep him in there keep because in he's there. Giannis and he the he can pull up stats in two games that outplay will play players to right. 4. But the Bucks only play 3 games this week.
2: I would anticipate he misses the first two, right? Like the first two of this
1: of this week. Right, he's definitely missing the first one. Yeah. And I personally from what I saw watching the game and I'm sure you can find it online and his comments after the game i wouldn't be surprised if he's out longer so yeah i mean um i if 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 you had to ask me whether i'd start or sit youngest this week i'd probably just have to sit him
2: i think i would too that's the way i'd go and obviously another guy that you want to be sitting now maybe not just for this week but for a couple weeks maybe a couple of months kevin love again we talked about sore left toe he's going to be out for at least a month uh i'm Curious, A, who do you think is gonna be able to fill in? Of course, we talked about the Cavaliers' struggle so far, 0-6. Um, and you kinda I think you kinda touched on it, but are we certain that we want to even acquire a guy that is filling in for Kevin Love? I mean, the Cavs are really bad, at least we've talked about so far.
1: Yeah, they are. Um, you know, it's I think it's going to be like I i hate from a it's it's what we hate as fantasy players. I think it a lot of nights is gonna end up being a committee thing. Mm. Um, you know, I I have faith in Osman. I think Osman at this point is he can he can handle the ball, he can shoot the ball. He is probably their best wing player. If not, with, I mean with Kevin Love out, he might just be their best player, which tells you a lot about the Cavs as in general. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I mean, like I said, Rodney Hood had a good game, one of the two games that Love was out, Jordan Clarkson stepped up one game. Um Larry Nance has stepped up, and I think Lance is a is Larry Nance is a good fantasy commodity because he he can pass the ball a little bit. He's a great athlete, shot blocker, can get steals, can get easy dunks, um, but he's also kind of a risk because you can't really play Tristan Thompson and Larry Nance together from a spacing perspective. And I, listen, I, a lot of this is up in the air because they don't have really don't have a coach. They fired Ty Lue, right. and essentially Larry Drew, who's their interim coach. Is just kind of like, well, I don't really want to be an interim coach. Hire me, or I don't want it. Like I don't want to do this. So a new coach might come in and say, you know what? I don't even. Tristan Thompson play ten minutes. We're playing Larry Larry Nance thirty minutes a game. He might come in and say, hey, Colin Sexton play thirty five minutes. Mm-hmm. He might say, hey, Jared Smith never suit up again. Like you, we just, it's so up in the air right now that the only players that like like I said the only player I have confidence in is Osman I think
2: it seems like a TBD situation at least till we find out the head yeah. coach and I think the Cavs made the right move Tyron Lue clearly wasn't uh well I don't do you think he's an NBA coach I I don't think he is but I don't know if it's fair to say he did win a championship technically I mean right you can't
1: really wipe that off the resume as much as a lot of people want to <laughs> right I it's it's tough I don't it's I it's hard to separate coaches from LeBron James mm-hmm um Spolstra has done really well um and- I
2: happen to think Mike Brown's gonna be it uh, was a good coach and is a good coach too and you know what he's done with Golden State during his time as the assistant coach too you kind of make a case that he was I it's difficult it, yeah. I think I think the prevailing sentiment around uh well just anybody it feels like is that like Tyron Lue is just you know LeBron's LeBron was the coach, and Tyron Lue was just the guy that was propped up there in the suit and tie and talking, but right. I think it's too easy to discount stuff like that. We don't really know what Lou did and how helpful he was, but you're right. was a great example. A lot of people assumed that he would be horrible once all three of those guys right. left, and That hasn't been the case. He's been really one of the more consistently good coaches in the NBA.
1: Right. And they didn't even have Chris Bosh. Like, they were they were anticipating having Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade still, you know, kind of run things there. And then Bosh had a heart condition. He can't play basketball. Um, And I think that perception of Ty Lue, that he's just kind of a suit and tie who just kind of does what LeBron says, I think that came about because of the firing of David Blatt. Right. Because Blatt was this clearly this, like, you know, he was a heralded head coach from overseas who had these, like, very... Like you know, it's modern spacing ball movement systems that weirdly we're seeing a lot in the NBA now. Oh, shocker! And uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and so you know, when he was fired for for Ty Lue, I think that's kind of where that idea started. So um, it's uh, it, listen. It wouldn't surprise me if if Ty Lue ended up with another head coaching job. Um, I just don't know when that would be, and I don't know if he w- even wants to do it.
2: Yeah. Well, after really, what I thought would be. I mean, for most of his coaching tenure, I feel like his candidacy as the head coach was lauded, and it was not. It was not. There was not a lot of appreciation for what he was doing, and whether that was because of LeBron or other things that, you know, he ended up being the scapegoat for this zero six start. And I understand that um, from an NBA perspective, but I, I wouldn't blame him if he didn't want to come back and do a head coach stuff for a little while. He could go be an analyst. He has that again. Sure, he's he's got a he's got a championship. Like he has that on the resume that you can always say on ESPN. Oh, here's a analyst that won a championship. Right, and, oh, a right. Like that's that's easy enough to do, especially now when they we run through like 13 Stan Van Gundy's up there at ESPN <laughs> before you have to do anything. I, you know all right well we'll move on from that uh a couple more injuries to note and I think important ones we'll start first with Anthony Davis because we've been teasing Kawhi Leonard and I want to keep teasing you guys a little bit longer Anthony Davis is going to be out with the elbow injury it's the first of what well actually no it's the second time he's been held out right so far this season I to yeah. say it's the first of what many people expect to be uh <laughs> limited time for Anthony Davis throughout the year but this is his second time out uh and now, of course Alfred Payton will be out for the Pelicans with an ankle injury as well so I, I think this has to mean a lot of Drew Holiday,
1: right? Yeah, I played um, in DraftKings. I played Holiday, Miritich, and Randall the first time that um, the first time that Davis was out. And you know, full disclosure, I'm probably going to do it again, Um, even though I got burned. But the Pelicans got absolutely blown out by the Jazz. They couldn't contain Rudy Gobert. Um, Randall had four fouls and he played 19 minutes. Um, You know, Miritich only played 28 minutes. Holiday only played 29 minutes. Like they just put their their backups in, and but we haven't seen you know. Uh, holiday miratich randall the guys who are going to be controlling the offense for new orleans their their prices on DraftKings haven't really gone up i i haven't i actually didn't check their pricing the the for the previous game but when i looked at them today they didn't seem like they had gone up significantly if at all so i think all three of those guys are are on the you know are on the table as options um and i'm a person who i i've i think it's best to play all three of them like it depends on your lineup you may not be able to fill all three guys in there but chances are you know like Holiday will probably be passing a lot controlling the ball so miritich makes a shot it might come off a holiday assist same with randall um i think those guys can all i, th- I think those guys can all hit value
2: mirror was at 7300 which was similar to what his jazz price was okay uh, and just looking at drew holiday 6700 it was 65 at with Utah and 6900 so really like if you take go by the theorem uh this is the lowest price you're going to be getting it's pretty darn close cuz holiday was sitting at 74 72 75 to start the NBA season, and right. I would kind of see him slip almost $1,000. And he is going to have to have a scoring impact for this team. I mean, I understand the Nuggets, and we talked about the first podcast, how great they have been defensively, and it's carried throughout. I mean, they're the number one ranked defense, according to DraftKings here, at least at the four spot. So Miritich, you have to assume, is going to have a difficult time, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't use him. This is, again, the NBA where everyone's scoring, we're moving faster. We talked about this right. again, last week. When there is an offense offensive needy team you're losing anthony davis who's scoring 30 night. somebody has to pick up that role somebody right. has to
1: exactly and it's going to be another tough matchup i mean that they they is a really bad time for them to lose anthony davis because they just had to go up against gobert in favors and now they have to go up against Jokic and milsap right like and so I, I you could definitely play uh either of those guys i think in dfs too and um i think they'd be fair options because gobert absolutely destroyed um, the New Orleans and Jokic might be able to do the same because it's
2: a little bit different I mean Gobert's seven foot ten you know like that's he's, true he's huge and not that Jokic isn't obviously we know he's close to seven feet tall or, or right around there yeah. but it's a little bit of different different body type and there isn't anybody on that Pelicans roster who can match up height wise with Gobert right I mean that's not that's not a conversation right in my opinion but it's a different one here and uh, Millsap he has a lot of strengths but height isn't one of them Right, he's been able to make his NBA career more as a passer, as a shooter, and is able to spread the floor. You can get by with maybe using Amiratich as a as a coverage option defensively, at mm-hmm. least. And I think you'll have to see him out there more. I expect this to be a more competitive game, certainly than what we saw against the Jazz.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know maybe you can bank on Randall being able to outrun and just out just out athlete Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it could work out differently. I just feel like you said their prices to me are haven't really changed relative to when anthony davis was even playing mm-hmm. so i you know it might be a trap situation but i'm i'm just gonna play him
2: last injury to note really not injury quiet leonard is being held out of this six versus six I keep saying six versus, but it's the Raptors, Bucks, the only two undefeated teams in the NBA to this point, are facing off Monday night. Big matchup. We're not seeing Giannis. We're not seeing Kawhi Leonard. Do you feel, A, that this is more of a strategical move by the Raptors as figuring they're going to see the Bucks later on in the season, potentially playoff opponent? Or is it more about just resting Leonard? I mean, really, you could have A and B be correct answers both, too.
1: I, I think it's mostly about just straight up rest for Leonard. Um, I think they still they probably still have concerns about the quad issue. I think that's completely understandable and they have, I have probably gotten off to a better start than they even anticipated. So I think they're not going to, I, I don't think they're going to push it when they don't have to. And especially with Giannis out, I don't think they feel as much pressure to play Leonard. Um, so yeah, I, um I think, yeah, kind of both to some extent. I,
2: I mean, the Leonard thing came in first before Giannis. So I think that that was the plan all along that hey, we're going to, just rest him this way, and I think the back-to-back is tomorrow. Raptors play again tomorrow, right?
1: Uh, I think so.
2: Yeah. So I mean, that's not that they've hinted at it to start the season, but a lot of expectation entering the year, especially with that quad injury or at least last year's quad injury, was that hey, we're gonna we're gonna be uber safe with Kawhi Leonard because in some ways he represents really what the Raptors can be now, but also in the future too. I mean, this is very important if he does decide to stay that he needs to be healthy throughout. Otherwise, their teammate is a now on top of the if if. AFCs, the East, the East standings. I mean, they're sitting the right with the Bucks at 6-0. They could very easily be at the bottom with the Cavs if it wasn't for Kawhi Leonard and certainly the resurgence of, resurgence of uh, well, Kawhi, uh, Kyle Lowry.
1: Yeah, yeah, makes sense to play it safe with Kawhi. Um, last time that um, Leonard missed the game, which was October twentieth against Washington, they still got the win. Kyle Lowry put up sixty three point three DraftKings points. Uh, Siakam came in at thirty two point five. And a Bach had 30. You keep doing this foreshadowing thing. I, I know. You keep doing this. You, you've, you've teased it like
2: four times. I might as well just get to that. Before we talk about our DFS lineups and talk about poor Kyle Lowry, uh, basketball season is around the corner, and not even just around the corner, it is here. And we partnered up with DraftKings to bring you a RotoWire six month membership. For free. Here's how it works. Go to rotoware.com slash DraftKings, sign up for a new account and make a $10 deposit. That's right. You'll get six months access to all tools and sports on Rotoware, not just NBA, but NFL, uh, hockey, Baseball, too, as we get around to the winter meetings, and includes DFS lineup optimizers, weekly rankings, premium articles from not me, but maybe yours truly over to the right of me, uh, Alex and his DFS lineups, and full season draft software, much more, all for $10 or even more if you put them before, uh, for the deposit. We are super excited to bring you this deal, and if you want access right away, go to rotoware.com slash DraftKings and follow the instructions. Of course, eligibility restrictions apply. New DraftKings users only, and see DraftKings.com for more details. Let's talk about the highest-priced players first, and then we can kind of get more into our lineups and everything else. So Mm -hmm. Giannis was the highest-priced player on today's slate. Of course, he's out. LeBron versus the Timberwolves at 11,400 now rests as the highest one. He's averaging around 47 points uh, on DraftKings. Anthony Davis was the third highest, and of course, he's out at 11,100. So Kevin Durant becomes the second highest priced player against the Bulls at 10,400, and Steph Curry runs at the top three at 10,200 again against the Bulls. The Lakers Wolves has the highest over under for the night, 237, while Mavs, Spurs, and Knicks Nets at 216 is the lowest. That was put together, though, uh, before the Giannis news and the Anthony Davis news. There was no spreads for them prior to that. So I imagine. Well, I imagine the Bucks and Raptors probably is lower, but I don't know if I'd say it's two sixteen low. What do you think?
1: Um, I would doubt it's that low. I mean, the Bucks place very fast. Exactly. Shoot a lot of threes. So I would assume those two teams are still getting up and down. Yeah.
2: And then the Warriors have a negative 12 spread over the Suns and Spurs, just a little over one against the Lakers. So pretty close games there. I, You know, I liked the this guy or that guy segment that we had last week, and I, I think we should bring it back. It's important to note that I did request a center spot here because I wanted to hear your opinions. And we'll just start with the first, I think Javel McGee at six thousand dollars against the Timberwolves, who allowed the most points to that center spot, mm-hmm. or Jarrett Allen at five thousand four hundred against the Knicks, or flip side, a little bit higher price guy, Draymond Green against the Bulls at seven thousand. We talked about it a little bit before we came on air. I'm curious though, now that everyone's listening, all the ears and eyes are on you. <laughs> Which direction are you going to go at the center spot with uh, this guy or that guy?
1: I think um, I would go JaVale. Um, like I, Draymond's been playing better. Like generally, I don't play Draymond Green in daily. I think usually he's too high of a price, and sometimes he just isn't that productive. It happens because um, he's really not a great shooter. So a lot of his points are going to come at the rim. If that's not there, then he's really not scoring, and you know all that all that stuff. Allen against New York is interesting to me. He if you need to if you need to save the $600, I think you can go there um over JaVale because Allen had a great game against New York. I think it was his season high DraftKings points wise against New York, 38 DraftKings points last time out. Um he's been passing really well. I think he has 11 total assists over his past 3 games. His rebounding has been strangely down. I'm assuming that will bump back up. So, um I think, you know, if everything goes right for Jared Allen, he could end up with the most fantasy points out of, any of these guys. But I think for the price, I would want JaVale. And like you said, with Minnesota giving up the most fantasy points to centers, um, that, that pushes me kind of over the edge, I guess.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I mean, I'm going that way. And he's also in my lineup for tonight. I ask that only because, you know, I don't know how many minutes— is going to be getting against the Timberwolves. They did get blown up by the Bucks, in a situation where right. maybe the Lakers did the same thing and the he are going to cut. He's, as it is, he's only getting around 25 per game. So right. you're basing off all the blocks and steals that he can get, and there will be plenty, especially with Carl Anthony Towns and how important he is to that offense for the Timberwolves, that there's going to be opportunities to get rebounds and blocks there as well. I would go that direction as opposed to paying up for a green. Uh, even the, and I think the scenario you have to worry about is the Warriors, and I had incorrectly stayed over the Suns. The Warriors are uh, pretty high favorites against the bulls as well tonight oh, so right. I had just i had mentioned that earlier and i want to correct myself now i have the opportunity i think the warriors are actually going to play close to the bulls I, for what i don't know the super gut reaction here gut feeling <laughs> i just don't think it's gonna be a blowout and i think we've seen a lot of blowouts from the bulls this year in, in not a good way i just anticipate this game's gonna actually be a lot closer than people think now i'm not confident enough to play kevin durant or steph curry but i do think that this is a situation where if you're worried about the warriors blowing at the bulls I'm I'm not as worried about that. I would I would be confident using Durant and Curry if you want to pay up for those guys tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean I think um, yeah I, I think their Warriors guys might be yeah I mean Durant and Curry you could play them in cash. You know you assume that even if they blow out Chicago that they're at least going to get you forty fantasy points thirty eight fantasy points. It really depends. Um maybe this will be Clay Thompson's night that he'll actually hit his threes. Yeah. Maybe they'll maybe <laughs> Didn't they'll,
2: happen last Monday.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll use the the weak opponent to try, you know, feed him shots and and get him back on board. But um yeah, those those guys are all definitely intriguing on a nightly basis, regardless of cash or tournament, because they're some of the greatest players in the league.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I on the you know, as we're talking about the high price guys, here's our high price of this guy or that guy, Jimmy Butler eighty two hundred against the Lakers talked about Carl Anthony Towns and how important he is of course Jimmy Butler and his temper tantrums are very vital to the Timberwolves <laughs> or Victor Oladipo what should be a pretty uh, nice match against the Trailblazers at 8600 at that guard spot which way would you lean in that situation for this guy this guy or that guy
1: uh I would go Jimmy Butler like the Wolves I, I watched them play against the Bucs they were clearly dysfunctional um except for Jimmy Butler who's having appears to be having the time of his life um he's averaging almost four steals a game Pugging up great numbers across the board. And the Lakers just... The Lakers gave up 60-plus DraftKings points to DeMar DeRozan twice already this season. So... And one of them was an overtime game. But still. I mean, that's absurd. It still counts. It's still absurd. And one of them... Yeah. So, I think just what we saw DeMar DeRozan do against the Lakers, Jimmy Butler's a better player than DeMar DeRozan. And so... I, I think Jimmy Butler, I don't think 60 fantasy points is out of the question. Um, I think you could, you can, I would be surprised if he got less than 40. I just think the matchup is, is too good to ignore as much as I do love Victor Oladipo.
2: I think Butler is the way to go too. And it's almost solely based off the $400 savings you're getting from that spot. But it is worth noting Oladipo has scored over fantasy points in three of the last four games, and he has yet to cross 25 25- points just overall mm-hmm. in that stretch so i think oladipo is a, a, going to be due for a high explosive scoring night at some point against the trailblazers kind of seems like an opportunity for that to happen i don't know I, if you score over 25 fancy or if you score over 25 points which i think he's due again i'm saying right. that, that that's a scenario where he's getting rebounds he's had uh seven seven five and three in the last four games and the assists are there too and the steals i don't know i i I don't think you can go wrong with either one. I, it's 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 cop out, but for this guy or that guy, I would almost want to say both.
1: <laughs> they both have similar upside. They're similar. They're mostly scoring guards who have defensive upside, and they pass the ball like pretty solid. Um, my only concern about Oladipo and like his his scoring is that he's actually shooting better than last year through these these six games. He's at forty nine percent from the field and forty five percent from three. So if anything, I would assume those numbers go down, which is kind of strange to me. I mean, maybe his number of field goal attempts will go up. Very possible, because the most recent two games, Oladipo is at 15 field goal attempts and 12 field goal attempts, and that feels much too low. He had reached 20 field goal attempts on the three prior occasions. So if he reaches that again, um, which would not surprise me, and he continues shooting at this good level, then yeah, I mean, 30, 35 Real points is not out of the question.
2: The other guy to mention, uh, at least in the this guy or that guy category for the Fords, Tareem Prince, 6,700 against the 76ers, or Luka Doncic, 6,600 against the Spurs. And it's, of course, assuming he's playing, he's questionable right now. Mm. It's a sore back. I yes. anticipate he's going to be able to play. like That That seems to be fine. So similar price, guys, which way would you be leaning for your lineup?
1: Um I think I like Prince, um, and the, I I wrote this before uh, I saw that that Doncic was out with the sore back, and um, but let's if we assume that he, he, he we're gonna assume he plays, um, San Antonio slows the ball down for sure, um, and you know these guys are so similar in price and upside. It's I think this is a tougher call than the Jimmy Butler Victor Oladipo one, um, but Prince against Philly. I mean, they might put Ben Simmons on. I guess Robert Covington will probably be on him, which is not a great matchup. And if so, if there's any reason for you not to play Torian Prince, it's that well they'll probably put Robert Covington on him. Covington's a great defender, um, but Prince himself has. Uh, we know Philadelphia turns the ball over. They love to turn the ball over. They pass a lot. Right. It doesn't always go well. Um, and Torian Prince is has great upside as a defender. He's in the passing lanes. He has long arms. So if he got four steals, that wouldn't shock me. Like if I, it just it just wouldn't. Five steals would be a lot. That would shock me, even though it's only one more. You get what I'm, what I'm getting at here. <laughs> yes. Um, wh- when guys have upside like that, it's it's hard to ignore. And we know he handles the ball a lot for them. We know he shoots the three well. Um, I think I would lean Prince here, and that may also kind of be a function of the over under pace of the game, stuff like that.
2: I'll I'll go the other way, if only just to give you some competition on the argument side sure. of things. I, you know, I. What he means to the offense, Prince, we know we understand. I mean, as NBA fans, we've been watching the game, we we get what Prince can do. He has only gotten uh, two steals, two steals, three steals. Like I mean, there there's a situation where he's crossed that four market. Uh I, I would I understand how the seventy sixers turn over the ball a lot, but uh I don't know. I I don't they've played so well at home this season where I don't not that it's going to be a blowout. And again, this is kind of more of a gut feeling than anything else. Cause we only have seven games to bases off of, but I just think whatever the reason they seem to play better at home, the 76ers. And I'm, I'm worried about how good offensively the Hawks will be overall. And I, that's where, that's more my concern leans. And I would, I'd rather go the other direction, especially if I get a little bit of a price savings, which is minimal, but you know, a hundred dollars is something and you can do st- stuff with your lineup that way. So I'll go the other way off of Prince.
1: That's yeah, all. that's fair.
2: Uh, do you want to touch on your lineup quick? Uh, and again, this is subject to change. Right. We're doing this podcast at one thirty, so a lot of injuries, uh, you know, can happen. But thankfully, we've been blessed with the knowledge that you know Leonard, Giannis, right. Anthony Davis are all out, so we don't have to make those mistakes as we get through this. But I'll let you touch on your lineup first, and I'll get to mine before we wrap up the podcast.
1: Yeah, my lineup shouldn't be a surprise right now. Or you, at you this point, you said almost everyone. I think yeah. the, the
2: listeners should be able to pick out who you have at this point.
1: Um, it's very chalky. Like I'll, I'll put that out there. Like th- this lineup may as well just be titled Chalk Plus Kelly Olenek. <laughs> Um So I have Eric Bledsoe at sixty one hundred. Um, and Chris Middleton at 6,900. I think there's a fair chance both those guys hit value. We saw last year when Giannis was out, those guys just put up massive numbers They handled the ball. I know it's a different coach. I know it's a different system, but I still trust them to do that. Um, Nikola Mirotic at 7,300 um, because of Anthony Davis being out. Pascal Siakam at 3,900. That's a Really good deal um, with Kawhi Leonard out. We saw him hit over 30 fantasy points the last time Kawhi was out. So you can almost get, you might be able to get 10 times value from Siakam if if he has a great game. Randall at 6,200. I'm pretty sure he's going to play more than 19 minutes um, uh, unless he struggles with fouls again. It's possible, but all he needs is 30 fantasy points. We know he's a great rebounder, um, can run in transition, all of that. Kyle Lowry uh, at 8,000. He had 60 fantasy points, 63, I think, when Kawhi Leonard was out last time. Ton of upside there. Kelly Olynyk at 4,900. He kind of just honestly fit in my lineup at that point. Um, but he's played 30 minutes uh, or close to 30 minutes in each of the past two games after essentially seeing 15 minutes a game for the first three, which is weird. Sacramento gives up, I think, the second most fantasy points to power forwards, um, or they're very up there. And Olinick has upside as a rebounder, as a shooter, and as a passer. So he can, he can put up 15, 8, and 8. It can happen. Um, and Drew Holiday, also not a surprise, The 6,700. Right. Um, can get steals, can handle the ball a ton, especially with Alfred Payton out. So um, that's my lineup. It's pretty balanced. And I think it, it has a lot of upside. There's a lot of chance for value. It's not going to surprise anybody. There's probably going to be a ton of ownership on those guys. Um, but, I, I think that it, it gives me a good opportunity to cash.
2: Yeah, and I, I actually like your lineup. I like my lineup better, which I wouldn't say most often. Normally, <laughs> you're, the, you're the DFS uh <laughs> A whiz kid over here and I anticipate that you'll probably end up doing better than me tonight anyhow but I mean Drew Holiday at 6,700 I have DeRozan at 9,100 as my highest priced guy against the Mavs you talked about how Jimmy Butler's a better talent yes that might be but the Mavs actually allowed the most points to that shooting guard right. forward spot so I'll take advantage of that and I think I don't think the Spurs are good enough to be able to beat anybody too much where they have to take somebody out so I think DeRozan's sure. going to get plenty of minutes and it's based on his points he's not getting a lot of extracurricular activity points you know i don't know why i said it that way but (laughs) rebounds assists that stuff really isn't happening so much for derozan this year so a little bit of concern i'm leaning all the way in despite all these guys for the bucks and raptors out in this six zero six zero matchup finally i've got to say that correctly chris (laughs) milton at small four at 6900 i think is one of the better deals overall on today's slate i don't with Giannis out, this guy is going to have to carry the scoring load. And you know the Bucks want to win this one. I mean, there's historical yes. ramifications for a victory for Milwaukee tonight. And I think that they recognize that. With the new stadium, really the new direction of that franchise as a whole, this is an important game. More so, I think, for the Bucks than it is the Raptors. There is importance to the Raptors, too. Mm-hmm. Middleton has to be a big impact. And Bledsoe, too, 6,100, I understand that. But Middleton more so, at least for the scoring load, I think is going to be huge. I also have Urson Ilyasova in there for Giannis being out. And we don't really get a chance to discuss who benefits with you know, Giannis being out. We know right. who, at least for Kawhi Leonard's sake, who is going to be able to take advantage of that. But do you think Ilyasova is the guy that will fill in most with those Giannis minutes going to somebody else?
1: Yeah, I could I could see Ursan playing thirty five minutes. I mean, I I think thirty plus is is pretty much guaranteed for Ursan, and we know he's not afraid to shoot the ball. Right, and someone's got a rebound. That's that's a really important part of of Youngest being out because he's averaging like fourteen rebounds a game. Those are it's fourteen open rebounds. So someone's we know Brook Lopez likes to box out and not grab the rebounds himself. Right. So someone someone is going to get them, and I think from what we know about Ilyasova, he's had huge rebounding games in the past. Um, I think he could be a guy and I think I forty one hundred is a very good price. Um and uh, he's not gonna
2: get ten times the value like we're talking about CKM uh, but I, I anticipate at least twenty five points. I mean, that's a situ- you know, situation where I think that Ilyasova easily reaches that mark, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh yeah. If he honestly if he hit forty one fantasy points, I wouldn't like I it would be amazing, but it wouldn't shock me. Like ten times value I don't think is completely out of the question okay. for Ersan. All right. Do you feel
2: like you're questioning your lineup now with Ilya Sova potential? um, It just feels like it. I'm just saying. It it seems like you're leaning in that direction.
1: I mean. Have I convinced you that my lineup's better? You know, I mean, honestly, well, Ursan over Olenek might be a, a good way to go for me. So I might I might switch that out and try to get because that would save me eight
2: hundred dollars in that scenario
1: eight hundred dollars and I could I could move up on some other guys so I might do that actually it's a good idea
2: McGee is my center we talked about that more in the this guy or that guy segment and I think that you know we both kind of agreed that if you're going for a middle point center option of course there's higher price guys like Anthony Towns that are available but if you want to go middle price I think McGee is the way to go Teague another scorer for that that Wolves game. I just anticipate that game's going to be high scoring oh, Wolves yeah. versus Lakers this is a, like a, a 120 to 115 kind of score line in my opinion and I think Teague is going to have to be a big part of that and then uh, Kyle Lowry is the utility guy we've already talked quite a bit so can, as far as the forward spot goes so Kyle Lowry is my utility at 8,000 DeRozan Lowry in the same DFS lineup, not on the same team anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> 9,100 for DeRozan, 8,000 for Kyle Lowry against the Bucks, and we always talk about who, you know, Chris Milton having to step up for the scoring load for the Bucs with Giannis out. Kyle Lowry, same thing goes with uh, Kawhi Leonard. I think he's going to have to take an even bigger role than what we've seen through the first seven games or six games of the season. Right. Yeah. Alright, well that does it for us on the Monday NBA DFS podcast, the pre-Halloween edition.